Good to see you. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. God bless you for being here. Some of you are home for Christmas with your family, some from the service. Some of our students are back, and it's great to have you all right here. Hope it feels like home to you, because it is home for you. God bless you for that. We have a bag of candy. I mean, there's enough good stuff in there, right? And it's good. Ghirardelli, Twix, Hershey's, some truffles, Twix. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. But we would need someone. (laughs) Sir, your hand was not even hesitant. Would you come on up? Thank you. You didn't hesitate one moment. Now we have, you may be able to get some of these. I recognize you. Were you in the Greensboro Christmas Spectacular? Yes, sir. You were, I know. You saw that good, handsome face, right? See? I told you. I told you. Now, is your wife here today? <laughs> she might be, for all we know. That's right. That'd be a blessing, too. But it's, that's a lot in the future, isn't it? Maybe about 50, 60 years. Uh, we all said, all right. Bubba's Book of Christmas Wisdom. We have some riddles today that you'll be able to dazzle and amaze your family and friends if you're having some of those meals with them over Christmas. You'll either cause them to eat less or not come back next year. Sometimes either one of those can be... All right, the first thing from Bubba's Book of Christmas, Wisdom. What kind of motorcycle does Santa ride? Not a motorcycle. A Holly Davidson. That one's not even... That's not as bad as my usual ones. But now you have to get something right to get all this candy here. So we're going to give you another. Would you like another try? All right, let's try this one. I think you may know this one. Where do snowmen keep their money according to Bubba's book of Christmas wisdom? Did you say in a snowbank? All right, we're going to give that to you since you agreed with it. And now, now this one's a little bit tricky, but I think some of you folks, do we have any golfers out there? Any pretend golfers out there? (laughs) All the same hands went up, right? All right, listen to this one. According to Bubba's book of Christmas wisdom, listen carefully. Where, excuse me, why did Bubba Claus wear two pairs of pants to play golf? No, in case he got a hole in one. See, I can tell by the, ah, that you liked it. But since, that was a hard one. But we're going to have the vote. How many believe this fine young man should have all this candy? And Pepper and Pat, you're welcome. Give him another hand. That's a great job. Great to have a little country humor, right? Or country not humor. Whatever that was. We enjoyed that. Thank you. Today we have a message that has to do with a name. There are some names that, well, all you have to hear is the first name 
and you already know what it is. Elvis. Even some of the young people in here, I mean people under 50, okay. <laughs> Elvis. This album happens to be from 1970. It was almost a half century old. And it's his, one of his Christmas albums. You can see some of his 70 outfits on the back. But he sang song, Blue Christmas, Silent Night, White Christmas, Santa's Back in Town, I'll Be Home for Christmas. But I have one even actually older than that. This one, I believe, it's his first. This is on a 45. There's actually eight songs on this little thing. And if you read, this, this is an RCA. This is before he had any plastic surgery to his nose. You can kind of see it. Seriously. You can look on there and see that, and I've got some old photos of him like that. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. <laughs> this one, 1957. That's 62 years old. And there it is. All you have to do, it says Elvis Presley on this one, but in a lot of subsequent things, it just says Elvis on there because it's just one name. You know that name. There's lots of other names that just have a one-name connection to them. How about Yogi? Who said bear? bear. Right? Boo-boo. Not, not, it's not Yogi, Yogi Berra, right? The, you, you can connect some name, just one name, and you can pick up the whole thing. Today's message, the name and the ultimate Christian uh, Christmas question, has to do with a name that's known worldwide. A name that if you were to walk into that manger that night, that stable, if you walked in there and someone said, can you tell us anything about this baby? What do you know about it? This this looks like this is is awful. Why is this baby born at night in this damp, cold place? What's going on here? No, this is just not much good going to come out of this. Well, the bottom line is God can take what's very common, and make it uncommon. And you see, even in the day and time, we're going to talk about some of the commonalities of what was taking place just when Jesus was born. We're going to talk about a name and the motif through these messages, there is no other name. There is no other name. It's like the name of Jesus. Matthew one twenty one. as we look at Scripture today, and by the way, welcome on our simulcast. Glad to have all of you out there. Some of you Left to go, be with family, but you're staying with us. Thank you. Coast, mountains, wherever you are, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Word of God says in Matthew 121, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And right off the bat, we see there's something very, very special about the name of Jesus. No other name is given where someone would save the people from their sins. You see, the biggest problem humanity faces, sin. You can summarize and say this, that, the other thing. It is sin. The biggest distilla- uh, distillation of the biggest problem facing our world and always has been is sin. Because sin separates us from God. But God did something about it. That first Christmas he took on human flesh. Prophets foretold it 700 years before. Isaiah, other prophets prophesied that all the way back to Genesis. There was this prophecy of, of someone, a Messiah that would come, a Savior that would save the people from their sins. And so we see that there's something to this name of Jesus. 
Save the people from their sins, the effects of sin, death, hurt, murder, the condemnation of sin. All the things that sin bring into the world, the name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. See, in Jesus' name is his destiny. Jesus is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. And there were lots of people named Joshua in the time of Christ. And we're going to talk about the Joshua that's found in the Old Testament. Because he serves as a typology of Jesus. A typology is like a symbol. It's a representation, biblically, of a future event. And so Joshua is a typology of this future event of Jesus himself. There are many typologies in the Bible. The sacrificial system, a lamb without blemish that slain, blood placed upon the altar, a typology. You see in the Exodus some typologies. You see in the temple some typologies. There's lots of typologies we have. And Joshua is a typology of Christ because when you take the name Joshua and Jesus, Joshua is just a Hebraic form of Joshua. And Joshua is the Greek form of the Hebrew word uh, we have uh, for Joshua in the Old Testament. So when we look at that, we find out there's some commonality between the two. We see as we look, as most Jews of that day and time would have known about Joshua, understood about Joshua, because Joshua did some very special things. Let's look at some of those. Joshua as a type of Christ. Joshua was born under slavery. And of course, we can see in the Word of God, in Exodus 20, verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Joshua was there in the land of slavery, but he was set free from that. We see in the word of God, if you bring up the next verse, thank you. Jesus in Galatians 4, 4, when time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. Born under the law, the law condemns. People think the law saves people, but it doesn't. We're under the slavery of the law. The law condemns. When the law gives us certain things to follow and we miss it, it's a condemnation. And so Jesus saves us out of this condemnation of sin. We look further and see Joshua led his people from the wilderness to the promised land, didn't he? Moses dies and Moses puts the blessing upon Joshua. He would be the one that would lead them over Jordan into the promised land. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord do amazing things among you. And he did. So Joshua leads the people to the promised land. And of course, you see the typology there with Jesus since Yeshua, Jesus Christ also. Jehovah saved. That's who saved him by parting the seas. Bring up the next. Um, thank you. Jesus. In 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and unto an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, fade away, kept in heaven for you. So we also, because of what Christ has done, are taken into the promised land by the work of Christ. Typology, once again that we see in um, Joshua, it, walls fell before Joshua. Word of God tells us in Joshua 6, 16 and 20, the seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, 
Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you this city. When the trumpet sounded and the people shouted out, what happened? The sound of the trumpet, the people gave a loud shout, and something crazy happened. People argue it, they debate it. Did that really happen like that? Listen, I could have had it happen with an ant stepping on the wall. But the bottom line is the wall collapsed and every man charged straight in and they took the city. Joshua had walls fall before him. He got to see the miraculous happen. Jesus Christ, he destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. In Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace. It's a middle reflexive usage of the word. It's an emphatic statement. He is our peace. Our peace is not found in a system. It's found in a savior. It's not found in ourselves. It's found in him. He himself is our peace. The word of God says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, Romans 5.1. Our peace biblically, with all due respect to other worldviews, is found in a person. God who took on flesh, Jesus Christ, is found in him. He himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. We can now come to be with God because of Christ's work on the cross. He died and paid our penalty for sin upon the cross. He bled and died, rose three days later, and that barrier is broken down. We can have access to God through what he has done for us. The dividing wall is broken down. Now, what else? Pick up our next slide. Joshua exalted to be ruler of his people. Remember, Moses had some issues And because of disobedience, he's not going to make it into the promised land. The law condemned him. But Joshua is raised up. And the word of God says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said unto him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers. So Joshua takes over at that point, and Moses puts his hand of approval on him. Remember, God has used different people. When someone else won't step in, he'll raise up someone else. And he did raise up this Savior as it was. You must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers. What an unbelievable thing to give them. Moses did that for him. And he got that blessing. He summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land the Lord swore you their forefathers, and go and give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. And so we find that Joshua sees this miracle happen. The Jordan River parts, they cross it, they go in, and they are given the promised land. That's what he did. And the word of God said, the Lord himself will go before you, will be with you, he will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, because there would be some battles even as you as a believer has come to, have come to Christ, and some may tell you, after you believe, everything will be fine and okay and never a problem. That's not true. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have some tribulation, and we do. But take heart, Jesus said, because I've conquered the world. He is our peace. Now, while Joshua was exalted to ruler, we see Jesus exalted 
And every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. There are many people that I've quoted that to before. I said, my knee's not going to bow to Jesus. He's probably a good person if he was real, but I don't believe in him. It doesn't matter. Every knee will bow, the word of God tells us, and every knee will bow at some point to the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, Father. There'll come a time when every knee and every mouth will confess him as that. Now, there is no other name. There are many names in our world that are the head of religions. They're the head of philosophies. You can name them. You know them. There's only one name that in the name, the name of Jesus, it tells his destiny. It tells what he is about. Jehovah is salvation. Not us, not a system, not this church, not a pastor, priest, rabbi, cleric, not yourself. God is our salvation period. That's the beauty of biblical Christianity. The gift of Christmas is not what you find under the tree. If that's all you have, you don't have very much. It will pass away and be gone. I've got some old Christmas boxes I've collected from years ago, and I know some of those people are gone. Some of them got them. They're gifting that. Things get gone. But what God has done for us, that's give us eternal life. That's the gift to look forward to. If you leave this earth without that gift, you've had nothing. There was a man that was the wealthiest man in the world or the second wealthiest. I don't remember. Does it make any difference? It's like $8.7 billion to $8.265 billion. The guy with more money, does he say, well, that guy's poor. He didn't have as much money as I have. Only have eight. But Steve Jobs, I've looked, I've read. This is no indictment on him, his family, anything else. I'm just saying a, something that I've discovered. I didn't see any evidence of the commitment to Jesus Christ from his life. So I ask you, would anyone trade your life to have all that money and die without Jesus? Would you? Would you trade your soul for that? And dear friend, I tell you, for a lot less money than that, people every day trade in their soul. They look at Christmas as just a gathering for family. It can be. They look at a time to get a feast and a meal. It can be, and it's fun. I've been to a lot of fellowships, and I enjoy it, and it's fun. But for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, every day is Christmas. I don't mean that as a cliche or something that pastors say to fake myself into it. Truly, every day is Christmas. December 25th is a day we've picked out and we use, but every day. You wake up knowing that you've already given your family a tremendous gift. That if you leave this earth, they know where you will go. They don't have to say goodbye. They can say, see you later. Wow, that's pretty cool. There is no gift like that. You see, forever is the best gift you can ever have. And if you leave earth without that, no matter how smart you are, no matter how many resources you have or degrees, you've left broke. And you'll be separated from God forever. You see, the name of Jesus was common in the time of Christ. That was a common name. There's lots of common names on the earth. You know, the fifth most popular Last name in the United States of America, the fifth most popular, and you just get it so you didn't choose it, it's the last name, it's Jones, comes in at number five. Yes, Jones. Number four is Brown. 
There, there you. There's a lot of you around, <laughs> and we're blessed. Number three, Williams. Number two, Johnson. Mm -hmm. Number one, can you guess? You already knew it. It's Smith. Of course, it is number. How many, any Smiths in here? All right, there's someone proud to be. There you go. There are, yeah. Number one, you know the number one first name? John, that's right. Therefore, put John with Smith. There you go. Put John with Smith and you got it, right? You know, in class, uh, John Smith, please stand up and four people in your class stand up, right? Wasn't me. Now, I did look up my very popular last name. <laughs> on that same site, you can go on. It says there are 123 or less Geratellis in the United States. And then I just looked up specifically, and I put up your, your first name, middle name, and last name. I just put up my, I don't have a middle name. And it said there's one or less. <laughs> I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> I said, I think I'm not dead. There's one or less of that exact, anyway. Jesus was a common name in that day and time. Yeshua, Joshua. But God takes the common and makes it uncommon. And so to this very day, we look at that name and it stands for what it means. And his name is the destiny. There is no other name. There is no other name, period. Jesus. It is that name. Next slide, please. Thank you. The name it meant cleansing to the lepers. You see, in that day and time, there was no cure for leprosy. No one doing anything. You just had to be excluded from everyone. No one was doing anything medically. But they heard that there was hope with Jesus. Jesus can heal people. And the name of Jesus meant cleansing to the lepers. And they'd hear that Jesus is coming. Jesus, Son of God, can you, can you heal us? In Luke 17, 12 through 14, as he was going to a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. If God does anything, he has pity on people, doesn't he? When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, didn't he? Go show yourselves there. And so we see that Christ came and he said, go do what the law says. And it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus still heals today. Sometimes when people say, well, God didn't heal that person y'all were praying for in your church. What happened to that woman or that man? Oh, let me tell you something. To leave this earthly tent, which is fading away, and to go be with God forever is the best healing you'll ever have. However, let me say this to you. I've also witnessed God's supernatural healing as I've walked on this earth. Just like that. Many times, though, God allows his children to go through that, to teach the world how we suffer. The name that meant cleansing to the lepers. What else? Bring up the next one. The name that meant healing to the hopeless. There may be someone watching today in this room right now that may feel hopeless. I didn't say you didn't have anything. You can have lots of things and still feel hopeless. You can be in a crowd and you may be one in your, on the beach now or in the 
mountains or some other place or in this room and feel hopeless. Is there hope? Is there eternal hope for you? Look what the Word of God says in Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if only what? If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. She had no more hope. She suffered year after year. It says she suffered under many physicians. They did the best they could with her. But no doubt, who who knows what they told her what to do. She was hopeless, but heard that if she could just touch that cloak, she could find hope, and she did. I wonder what happened with the rest of her life. Wouldn't you like to know? God may reveal to us one day. Bring up the next slide. Name that meant destruction to the devil. The devil's the one that introduced sin to this world. And since then, we've seen the result of sin all over this world. I don't need to emphasize that. You already see it. Revelation 20.10. And the devil who deceived him was thrown into the lake of uh, burning sulfur. And with the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They were tormented day and night forever and ever. The name that when Jesus was even casting out demons, that they feared him. Don't. It's not our time yet. Don't. They fear him because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. There is no other name that these demons fear. They can possess kings, kingdoms, wealthy, poor. Man, one makes no difference. But at the name of Jesus, there is no other name. They had fear. And he's the one that will cast the devil and those demons ultimately in hell forever, the word of God says. The next one, the name that means salvation to the shepherds. You know the passages. What happens? It says, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. What does that say? That's why we've got stars back here at night. The Bible tells us that at least the time of day, not the specific exact time, but it was at night that, that he was born. Not a convenient time in the days when not switches to flip on a light, right? Not, but there he was. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terrified. Better believe it. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Not a probation officer. Not an example to follow so you can earn your way to heaven. Not a religion was born. Not another philosophy came in. A Savior was born. He is the Savior. There is no other name that is the Savior of this world. In His very name, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. He is our salvation, period. His name is Jesus, and there is no other name. Now, it means some other things even to this day. The name that means salvation today. Salvation is found in no one else. There are people that argue that today, and I have some of those discussions in some of the places that I go to, and they're discussions. They don't, on my part, don't get heated, because sometimes people will say, that's pretty narrow. That's pretty intolerant for you to say there's only one way. I say, well, I don't say there's only one way. The Bible says that. The Bible teaches that. Well, I don't know if, the, I, don't know if I believe the Bible. Well, I was like you at one time, but I read through and checked it out, other philosophies, other things. You know what? The Bible's unbelievable. 
The Bible is based in historicity. The Bible is based in archaeology. It's based in so much prophecy. It's based in that you can go back to the uh, manuscripts to go back to near biblical days. And you will find the Isaiah manuscripts and portions of other scripture, books of other scripture, are what you're reading today. There's over 10,000 fragments and or manuscripts of biblical knowledge. And there are some that you have that you'll study in your history classes, students, if you study Roman history that are 800 years after it happened. Copies of Tacitus material, other material. The Bible is like no other book because it's a sacred book woven together with a scarlet thread, Jesus, from the very beginning where God actually made skins for Adam and Eve. It was a blood sacrifice all the way through to the very end. The lion and the lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, the name that means salvation today. Salvation is found in no one else. Dear friend, not in yourself. You cannot save yourself. It's not in religion, not in something else. It's found in God's name because he loves you. And the gift of Christmas is God himself that loved us and by his grace and mercy came to this earth to save us, born in this humble place. And this is way more cleaned up than what they were in. There's no animal droppings and other things in that manger back there, in that feeding trough. The name that means the resurrection today. There is no other name. Thank you. That next one. There we go means resurrection today. See, what will happen to me? What will happen to you? You'll eventually leave this earth tent, this body. Once again, we're not a body inhabited by a soul and spirit. We're a soul and spirit that inhabit a body. You will leave this the same way a, in a similar manner, a butterfly leaves the cocoon. The beauty's on the inside. The real person's on the inside. Now, one day this body will be made into a glorified body. God will do that. But when you leave this earth, if you're connected to Christ, your sins are forgiven, your spirit, your soul go up to be with Christ in heaven in that beautiful place. There's consciousness up there. There's lots of things up there we don't understand, but there's a whole lot that we do understand that makes me say, I want to be there. How about you? I'm not going to be there because of what I've done, because I'm a pastor or I read the Bible, whatever. I'm going to be there because of what Christ has done. And see, what... The other thing that Christ did through the resurrection, Jesus said to her in John eleven twenty five and 26, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, whoever lives and believes in me will what? Never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Some might say as they're watching out there, no, I don't believe it because I see people die all the time. No, you're talking about physical death. That will happen. Everyone dies once. But not everyone has to die twice. You see, the second death is separation from God forever in a place called hell. I'm just being truthful and honest with you since Jesus was truthful and honest with us and he talks about forever in heaven and he talks about it forever in hell. But you don't have to go to hell, friend, because Christ paid your way, so you don't have to go there. And you'll send yourself there by rejecting what he's done. There is no other name. There is no other name. 
whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. That's where salvation is found. There's a precious young lady in our church. I don't know if she's here today. She was maybe going to be here today. Sarah, are you here today somewhere out here? She's a young lady we've been praying for. She's 23 years old. And the youngest case I've ever heard of someone with the type of pancreatic cancer that she has. Stage four. We have some 23-year-olds out there, some are less. You don't think of that kind of thing happening to a young person, do you? Do you? Not that. I'm meeting with her in a little bit, but... Her sister, who is driving down to come here to see her on I-40, is driving down. If you can imagine, if you had a sibling... And you're aware of what had taken place. You'd just be praying and had a lot of questions. I'm sharing this because I've had permission from her mom to share this story. As she's driving down I-40 a few short days ago, her prayer was asking God to be with her sister. From the bottom of her heart and every fiber of her body, just as you and I would pray for a sibling. Think about that young age. Did you know, because I looked it up, they estimate, because I only went up to 2016, but I looked up 2019. There's about 3.75 million cars just in the state of North Carolina. 3,750. 50,000 cars, and every one of them has a unique license tag, doesn't it? But as she prayed that prayer, a license tag, of which there's only one out of 3,750,000, pulled in front of her car. And the license tag that someone had to purchase to have on their tag, as she said, Jesus, please be with my sister Sarah, said, Jesus will. If you think there are no miracles, if you think that some things are merely just chance, Dear friend, with all due respect, you're wrong. Jesus will, because there is no other name. There is no other name. As pastors come forward right now, today may be your day. Whether you're sitting at home or some other place, or you're sitting in this room, where you know in your heart of hearts that you have not received the true gift of Christmas, forgiveness of your sins, found in the Savior, Jesus Christ. In His name, His destiny, Jehovah is salvation. If something else is your, if you're claiming something else as your salvation, you will not have salvation. God must grant salvation, and he wants to grant it to you today. And you have to come to him by faith, saying, God, as best I understand, you love me. When you went to the cradle, you went to the cross, and now you wear a crown. 
You are the Lord of the earth. You bled and died on the cross and paid for my sins. You suffered and died for me. You rose three days later from the grave. And God, as best as I understand, since you know my heart and my thoughts, I want to receive the gift of salvation. Would you save me by your grace and mercy? And friend, if that's you today, whether you're here or listening on simulcast, God will save you today. You can leave this earth with your sins forgiven. You can hand your family, your friends, yourself, the greatest gift there is. Jesus' name means help to the hopeless. It means healing to those who need healing. It meant salvation to the shepherds. And it can mean salvation to you today. Along the same lines today, every believer needs a church home. We invite you to come to this church as a candidate for membership today. We're reaching inside and outside the walls to connect the great story of the gift of eternal life to people. Jesus will. Jesus will bless. But he wants you to be connected to a corporate body, a local church. We'd love for that to be this church. You can come forward today as a candidate for membership. Our actual new members class is January 19th. You can come for that. Some of you are going home or have loved ones or friends coming into your home that don't know what Jesus' name means. You'll be sitting around a table. Some, there'll be some polarization. But I'm praying that you'll be able to use that opportunity to share the good news of salvation with them. And I already know many in this room have that very scenario happening. And you may want some prayer for God to give you the words or help you. We'd love to pray with you. Whatever your decision, Terry's here to lead us. I'm going to ask you to stand and not to wait. Please stand. Respond, would you, as God has spoken truth to your heart.